They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa, a podcast where I talk to people on the internet, people that aren't my brother. That's the Chipman Brothers tangent. And not about Blockbuster. That's the Talkbuster podcast. And not with my wife. That's creating geeks. Um, If you're here, you're geeky and you like hearing geeks talk about geeky things. And that's what I bring to the table. Um, Before I introduce my guest, I want to do a little housekeeping. Um, My $15 or more patrons, I like to tell you who they are um, to make them feel awesome and to hope that maybe you'll join my Patreon as well. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin C.V., Mike the Gatherer, and Tyler Freshcorn. And... This episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa is brought to you by the Cinema Spection Podcast. Actually, the first podcast I was ever on. It's a podcast done by my friends Tim and Corinne Luz. Um, they break down um, movies from all different side ends of the spectrum. And you can find them at cinemaspection.com. They're wonderful. And me and my wife are on, I think, about 16 episodes of that podcast so far. So go check it out. Um and without further ado, my guest um, is one of those $15 or more patrons, Kevin CV. Reintroduce yourself to the world, good sir. Hello, everyone. Kevin, I, my name is full name. Well, he says Kevin CV, but my full name is Kevin Vey. I'm also a YouTube-based Let's Player called uh, named Golden Tales Geek on YouTube. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm planning on getting more into getting back into that soon enough. It's just I've been so busy with all the holiday rush at my job and everything, and Plus, a lot of crazy things have been happening at my job lately that I just can't believe have happened. Like, uh, but you know, I'll get into that in a moment. But, um, like, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, and also, I've been really getting into doing podcasting lately. It's been a real buzz. I mean, I just, I, I just, I, I just recently did a Geeks with Shields uh, about Doctor Who uh, recently, and it came out like just the other day as of this recording. So, it's and been it's a- fantastic. Listen oh yeah, to it. they're great guys. Oh yeah, it was it was a real joy, and I, I mean, heck, if they did an episode on Sherlock Holmes, I'd be there for that as well. I mean, it's just that's another big, big obsession of mine. So, so, but yeah, um, but but to, but yeah, in terms of like crazy things that have been happening at work, uh, well, there was something that happened in my shift just yesterday. In fact, actually, I was uh, we have we have a program a recycling program here in Michigan where I live, where basically people can put their like pop bottles and stuff into the machine, and they get like a ten cent deposit on it, and adds up, and you print out a receipt, and you can turn in that receipt for cash, basically, and you know. And uh, a crazy thing happened. I was cleaning up all the garbage in there before locking it up for the night. And uh, and uh, I opened up one of our recycling bins that we have in there for cans and bottles and stuff that don't go through the machine, like water bottles and such. And uh, I found I actually I found a unclean like like Emerald Lagasse like fryer or something like that. It was like something you plug into a wall, and I was like. Um, why are they using this recycle center as as their own personal dumping ground? I mean, I even took a picture of it if you want to see it. I mean, I, I can show you a picture, uh, Chris, if you want. I that, yes, yeah. of course, that's hilarious. I, I, I took a picture of this because I just I can't believe this. It's just, it's, it's unreal. It's it, it, but uh, it, that noise is you know the 
me sending the picture, by the way, folks. You probably won't be able to see it, but this is the fryer I found. I was like, what the hell? I, so I brought it up to the front desk and my supervisor was like, what should I just do with this? I just found it in the recycle center. And they're like, you should just pitch it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I was thinking, you know, this, and I was also thinking, these people must... <laughs> Yeah, and I was, I was all, the picture now. Yeah, and I was, and I was even thinking, you know, these people around here where I work must be really well to do if they can afford to just dump this thing, you know, uh, you know, and yeah. it was, it's just, I don't know, it was weird, um, but yeah, and a lot of other crazy, a lot of other things have been happening in my life actually. Like my dad actually, I mentioned this on Twitter actually, but my dad had to have cataract surgery recently, so he's been dealing yeah, with that. that. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he got one eye done, and then a couple of weeks later, he had the other eye done, and he has to take eye drops to help with the healing process. And what doesn't help is that the eye drops have been seeping into his throat and making him cough and gag. In fact, I just heard him coughing just a few minutes ago. But, um, but Poor I mean. Guy. Yeah, he's he's been, but you know, he's doing well considering. It's just that you know the coughing is kind of worrisome sometimes, but you know, otherwise he's doing well. I mean, I mean, he found recently found that you know mixing in a little turmeric and honey into his tea actually kind of helps with uh, the coughing a bit, so suppressing the coughing a bit. So at least it, it was some kind of remedy remedy he found while he was googling. So sometimes the home remedies seem to work better than most modern medicine, I suppose. They're a lot cheaper. Mm, that too. Uh, although he can't. But yeah, I mean, and also just in terms of other things, I've been, I've been like, I mean, I made a, I mean, I made a post in your uh, Discord server about this, but, uh, but I, 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 I went trick or treating with my nephew this past Halloween. That was a real blast. I dressed as the eleventh Doctor. He was a dragon. It was great. He insisted, and uh, actually, my nephew actually just recently. Uh, it was his first time doing this. Uh, participated in the Christmas pageant at our church, so that was kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome! What did he play? Uh, he just played. Well, the original plan was he was going to play a cow, but um, uh, but the cow hat they had wearing uh, it wouldn't fit over his head because he's so big for his age <laughs> that he tried fitting it in with bobby pins and everything, and it started to hurt him. So they decided to make him into a baby donkey instead, which was kind of cute. So. Uh -huh. And my, for those wondering, my nephew is four. He'll be five in March, actually. So, God, time flies. So, as of this recording, I mean, but yeah. Oh, speaking of like recording time versus like upload your upload time, when we recorded our first one of these, you know, in July 4th weekend, uh, and when you put it up uh, like a couple months later, it was actually pretty, it was like a couple days after my birthday. So, I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, this, yeah. This, this, one, this one will luckily air a lot quicker than that, um, which will be good. Yeah, this will probably I mean, be two, three weeks. Okay, cool. I wasn't being critical or anything like that. I just wanted to mention that it was just it was awesome that it came out pretty close to my birthday. <laughs> well, that, that, that is awesome. Yeah. Um, and you, were, you were mentioning earlier, and I, before we started the show, and I thought it would be something cool to mention. You were talking about, I mean, it's the... It, it's a week before Christmas, right? So uh -huh. we're, uh, you know, finishing up Christmas shopping time of year. And you said uh -huh. that you, you said you were done with yours, right? Yeah, I pretty much finished for the, the people I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy for my family. I mean, my, I recently, uh, bought, I bought some geeky shirts from Redbubble actually for my brothers and, uh, my, my, the, and also my brother, my brother Owen, the father of my nephew, his wife, you know, like, like, uh, one of the shirts I told you about actually was, uh, my brother is a big, 
Owen is a big Dragon Quest fan, has been playing it since the beginning. I used to watch him play it, and I feel like I'm kind of a newbie by comparison because I didn't even get into it till he got Dragon Quest Eight on his PS2 back in the day. Wow. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, because, I mean, I always kind of liked Akira Toriyama's art style. I just never really got into Dragon Quest, really, uh, which is weird considering how much I love Chrono Trigger, but... Um, but uh, and but I found him that I was I just decided on a whim to look up Dragon Quest on Redbubble to see what T-shirt designs pop out, and there was two T-shirt designs that that actually jumped out at me. One was the symbol for Erdrick, the hero Erdrick from like the older Dragon Quest games, and it was on a really nice kind of royal blue T-shirt that just I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I'll open that in the window and see if I want to order that. And then I saw this one shirt, and I, it's just like. Okay, I have to. I'm getting this one without question. And it had the metal slime on it, and it was said metal slime, but in the Metallica font. <laughs> yeah, I, I need this shirt. It's such a great okay. shirt. Well, uh, well, if I find it again, I'll send you the. I'll DM you the link on Twitter. Yes, and... please. It's it's such a good one. I that's why I wanted to make sure we repeated it so it got into the show because it's yeah yeah I no love problem. stuff like that. I, yeah, that I've I've found some really cool shirts on Redbubble. Actually, I'm planning on getting a shirt from your brother's uh, show, The Big Picture. By the way, I just haven't. Yeah, that's so awesome. He's he's got a bunch of stuff planned too. That yeah. that just I'm I have plans to get it sometime, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. I'm gonna wait till maybe I pay off my card or something just to make sure I have enough money set aside. Yeah, <laughs> I'm course, getting the, the feeling that my entire family is getting one of those as a Christmas gift. Wouldn't, it wouldn't even your niece uh, or her, his niece i'm sure probably yeah his... I, th- I think there's a onesie on there which would be really funny if, oh, if i'm not God. mistaken <laughs> now now that you mentioned that i'm almost tempted to get one for my nephew just to see how people respond but i don't know i already got him some cool stuff for christmas anyway because i mean in fact i actually finished uh, my nephew was the last of uh, the first person i finished buying for because i had been by incrementally buying stuff over the course of the year for him <laughs> anyway because i wanted to really spoil him this year for christmas and uh actually uh there was one i actually had to like he had, he's four as i said and he's recently got really heavily gotten into godzilla yeah and, and that made me so pleased in fact, when I went over to got to his house to watch, uh, for uh, Halloween, he was watching. He was actually watching Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Oh, this is wonderful! Yeah, that makes me very happy because that's actually my favorite one of the classic Godzilla movies. I don't know. There's something about I just maybe it's because I'm shallow, but there's just something about like like oh, let's fight the monster by using a robotic duplicate of said monster that I just that kind of trope just appeals to me for some reason. Oh. And also just and also just giant robots. I mean, come on. <laughs> I agree. Me and Bob would rent. You know, the Godzilla movies would be like six at a time. Like we'd go down to our local video store video craze and just nice. load up and just sit there and we're just yeah. gonna watch all of these. And and I loved being a kid and consuming movies because it movies like those you kind of put on and experienced them and like we'd be doing like something else you'd have action figures out and you'd be like almost Mm -hmm. playing out scenes with the movie i i miss that so much i I miss i miss just being able to be fully encompassed by media and not just oh i have to make time to sit and watch this 
Uh, I know, I know. I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I'm really wanting to go see the new Star Wars that's coming out in a few days as of this recording. But you know, I just, I haven't gotten my tickets yet. That's the problem. And also, I've kind of, there's a good friend of mine. Her name's Emmy, who's big into this, some of the same stuff I am. And she, and I, I kind of messaged, I, te- I was messaging her on Skype the other day, and I was like, she lives in the same state that I do, but you know, we don't get to meet up as often. But I was like. I was like, I would love to, uh, you know, I want to see this new Star Wars movie, but I don't think I can see that alone. Could you come with me? Because <laughs> I just, I don't, I just, this is such an emotional thing and for me, and I just don't, I just, I don't want to see it alone. I really don't. No, it, this is definitely a movie to be experienced with, with other people. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? This is, this is not a go to the theater by yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I luckily, my, I have an intern at work um, mm-hmm. who, who's straight out of call, uh, straight out of high school. And wow. he, um, he, yeah, and he, he's about, he's taking a year off and working a year and then going to college. And he, he says to me after finding out that I'm a big geek, he goes, so you're going to go see Star Wars? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, Can we go see it. And I'm like, dude, I got a better one for you. We'll skip out of work for a long lunch and go see it. And I'm, I'm his boss. So he's like, oh my God, really? So he went oh, you are, tickets. You are, you are, you are officially the coolest boss ever there now. Yeah. He's, He's pretty happy. <laughs> I don't. I don't blame them. Hell, I'd be happy too if my boss at the store I work at pulled, did that same thing. But yeah. So him and him and I have a meeting on Friday. <clears throat> yes, a meeting. Yes, air quotes. <laughs> the funny thing is that my boss, when the Force Awakens came out, did the same thing with me. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! So it's like it's yeah. like it's like continuing the trend. <laughs> I love oh, it. It was really funny, and that that same boss has mm-hmm. been coming around to me going for two weeks has your brother seen the rise of skywalker yet and i'm like no he goes i don't need to know anything about it i just want to know if your brother liked it (laughs) wow it's that's saying something about your brother that he has that reputation with your with your co-workers oh oh, yeah no this and and this guy you know it's it's almost like your brother's a local hero it's kind of surreal it is really surreal bob bob came to um my company's christmas party this year because they extending ah, yeah, that, okay that family. explains the that, that explains the photo i saw on twitter then yeah the two and they did it they did it at the jfk library and tim Ooh. my boss um came around and he goes is that your brother he goes it's weird i'm kind of fanboying over here and i'm like what dude like you're my boss you're not supposed to know. <laughs> He's like, can i go talk to him <laughs> Yeah, I probably, to be fair, I probably feel the same way if we ever met at a PAX or something because I'd be like, oh. I'd be like, oh, I, and I'd probably, and if I ever got my photo taken with him, I would not change that Facebook photo for months because. Oh I, no, absolutely. That that's why I take the photos that I do because it's like I, when when I'm with Bob and he's in working mode, because like if he's over my house, it's like it's it's my brother. But if yeah. I go to like PAX or if I go to a movie premiere with him, it's like everybody's like it's bob he's movie bob and they go and so i'm kind of like i'm on a, i'm like geez i'm, I'm kind of starstruck too and he's my brother all right this is cool <laughs> I, I like i like that you make no bones about that by the way and there's no ill will or resentment on that front because like and especially when you just talk to people like me who've been fans of bob for ages you know just you know i just i just i i love that you respect him so much that you're willing to just kind of just like yeah he's my brother it's not a big deal you know and over the oh, same time oh, get a little I, starstruck no, I I love it because see, growing up, Bob Bob has always been the creative 
um, artistic. Um, yeah. th- th- what he does now is what he's always done. He has not changed himself or how he carries himself for anybody. Luckily, there ended up being a type of work that was an outlet for him in that, that he just kind of fell into. It's, it's great. Um, yeah, he but got lucky. I like that he has found something that other people like that he does because mm. he wasn't, you know, a retail worker kind of guy. It just didn't fit with him. So me, I was always kind of the one that, you know, friends and family would be like, Oh, you know, Chris, as the engineer, he's going to go to school and, you know, what's, what's Bob doing? You know what I mean? And so I, I look up to him because he hasn't, he hasn't conformed for anybody and the and world caught up. And bless and the world caught up, and I think that's great. And so we we mutually lift each other up, and that's why I was I would have never thought to try to do something like this, mm-hmm. these podcasts and this other yeah, stuff. I mean, with, without his without his blessing or his nudging into it, like because yeah. I felt I would have been stepping on his toes. And so when he I said to that, me, and so when he said to me, Chris, we're going to do a podcast. I said, Oh, cool! You want to do a podcast? Because I've always been kind of in the background. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the game overthinker stuff, I was, I was, yeah, I, I remember that too. And you were you also know, the ninjas and all that stuff, yeah. yeah. And, and then you so showed up I, at the end too, like, like Bob, what the hell are you doing? I've been here full <laughs> that time. That made me laugh. That I made me laugh so that. hard. I ad lived that. He's, he's like, he's like, he's like, so what are we going to do here? He goes, because I want to like reveal the fact that you've been here. And I go, turn the camera on me and have it been like, I've, I've been here. You haven't been acknowledging me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, that's brilliant. <laughs> that is brilliant. A nice little throw it in. Yeah. It's very meta. And I love that when it, when it dropped. I was like, I was like, I mean, I knew, I was like, I knew Chris and Bob had a brother, but wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and so, you know, when he wanted to do a podcast, I was like, oh man, he's actually letting me in. This is super cool. And then he revealed mm-hmm. that it was for me. And oh. it, it really, it, it, it made me so happy because he's like, he goes here, yeah. now you have an outlet. Now you can create. Yeah. And I was I like, mean, oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, I, I kind of had to find my own way when I had did, was started doing my YouTube stuff. I mean, I'm still trying to find my own way for the most part, given in light of what's been going on in YouTube lately with the cop thing going on. But, but, but. Uh, but you know, but yeah, you know, I I don't want to get into that. But I mean, I I mean, even if I don't have an ongoing project that I'm doing, like for video game, like a video game series or whatever, I still try to at least put out like a first impressions video every Saturday, just so I can have some kind of content out there. Like, yeah, I mean, I granted I haven't recorded this week's first impressions video yet, and I, I mostly because the game only just came out on that I wanted to do only just came out on Steam like last night. <laughs> Oh, and it's this game. It's, well, it's a quirky little indie arcade game that came out. Oh, I, I, I follow the developer on Twitter. She's really nice. And I've played some of her, bought and paid for some of her other games on like Ichio or whatever it's called. And she's, she's a pretty solid developer. I mean, it's basically almost like a one person team, really. But I mean, she does collaborate with other people like for like music and stuff like that. But like the, the game in question is like called like Pizza Time Explosion or something to that effect. And it's just it's and I and I realized it was coming out like this week, so I'm like, you know what? I'll make it this week's first impressions video. It'll probably be a quick little turnaround, and plus, you know, give a get a little extra boost to her because you know I feel like she's a pretty solid developer. You know, I mean, I mean, she does like pretty much like the artwork and stuff all by herself, and she puts all this hard work in. How can I not support that? You know, and I've done first impressions videos of her other two, the other two games that I've played 
by her too. So, so, and so I figured it, it's just the least I could do to support her, you know, cause she's, I, I feel, I feel like, I feel like that, you know, these kind of games just go into the ether and not many people will check out. So I figured maybe I can do my bit to try to make a little signal boosted a little bit, even though my reach isn't as good, as big as say like, some of the other bigger YouTubers like PewDiePie or Chugga Conroy or whatever. Of course, I say PewDiePie because the news broke about him taking a year off of YouTube is so fresh in my head at the moment, but still. Yes. <laughs> hey, think Maybe about th- it this way. That's that's a positive story about PewDiePie. Mm, yes. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, I never watched a lot of his stuff anyway. I mean, I, I understand that his appeal of some of his work, you know, but at the same time, I just it I just know it's not for me, and I right. don't have to watch. It, so, I mean, heck, there's been some YouTubers I've been following for years who've done content that doesn't really interest me in watching, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. I don't really need to watch this. It's not really a game I'm interested in. That's fine. <laughs> oh, unless it's Trigger Conroy, then I'll watch anything he does, because, even if it's a game I'm not interested in. Because who knows? Maybe I might actually get interested in the game because right. he did it. He, he did a very exhaustive, and I mean exhaustive, because he went into all of the sorts of details and going doing all the side quests and everything of Xenoblade Chronicles. And it came out to be over 100 episodes. And I was watching with rapt, rapt attention through all of them. And by the end of it, I was like, I have to play this game. This is so good. Whereas I'm like, eh, I wasn't really interested in this game, but I'll watch it because, you know, who knows? Maybe it might be just interesting to see his spin on it. Next thing you know, I've got the new 3DS version, and I might get the yeah. definitive, and, I've, and I might get the uh, Switch version when it comes out too. So, <laughs> and also another thing that really sold me on it is that Jenna Coleman, who played Clara Oswald on Doctor Who, voices one of the main party members. So, <laughs> I'm a bit shallow, I admit it. <laughs> oh, dude, you like what you like. There's nothing wrong exactly. with that, man. I mean, it's just when I find out an actor I really like is in something, in something, I just, I need to get it. <laughs> I just, uh, I, you know, I have to check it out or whatever, because it's just, awesome. in fact, if I ever actually get to meet Jenna Coleman at a convention, knock on wood, you know, I might, I might bring my, my case for the three, either the 3DS version, the new 3DS version of Zimbabwe Chronicles. Like, Can you sign this? I like your character. <laughs> Instead of just gushing about Doctor Who, because she's probably heard it all about Doctor Who, but she's probably not met many people who know her from Xenoblade. So, no, I, I love doing stuff like that. I, I met Sean Astin at a book Oh, jealous. Yeah, at a book <laughs> signing for the book he wrote after the Lord of the Rings was done filming. So I've, heard about, I've heard about that. I've heard about that. I've heard about this. It's a great yeah. book. And he was signing at the Museum of Science in Boston when they had the Lord of the Rings exhibit. So it's, you know, you buy a ticket to the exhibit, uh-huh. buy the book, and then Sean Aston will sign your book. And so we waited in line, and I'm like, you know what? I know that sometimes actors that are coming to hawk something aren't, like, you know, cool signing something else, but I bought the book anyway, and I said, would you mind signing Goonies? And he got, he stood up and gave me a hug, and he's like, "Yes!" <laughs> he was so happy. He's like, he, he's like, because everything's been Lord of the Rings for me lately. He goes, "This just made me feel really good to see this." See, <laughs> see, like, if oh. it were, see, for me, if not only would it, it would probably not be Lord of the Rings. It would be probably or Goonies. It would probably be this TV movie he did based off of the book, The Color of Magic, by Terry Pratchett, where he played. Yes. Goonies. 
I've seen that. That was awesome. Yeah, and David Bradley was in it pl- uh, and everything. It was just, it was so good. In fact, one the actress who played Star Lord's mother is in it too. I yep. realized I realized that rewatching it recently, I was like, "Wait, that's Star Lord's mom." I didn't know she was British. <laughs> that's uh, so wild. I know because she does this big, broad Southern drawl for the character, you know, and it's like, "Wait a minute, she, she's British? What the heck?" But yeah, I mean, so all these, you, huh? Sorry, said. Um, sorry, you were saying um, that you uh, had just done an episode that hasn't come out yet, but with the school and movies folks. Uh, yeah, they did a commission show on Chrono Trigger, actually, and it was more a school of everything else. And it was me, Alex, and um, Alex Peregrine, actually. All three of us just talking about Chrono Trigger. It was a real That's blast. Awesome. And I, I was just, I was over the moon about it. And they, when they, in fact, when they announced, uh, when Alex announced he was doing the Steven Spielberg stuff, you know, I put my hat in to do the, uh, to do Indiana Jones if they want me because I love those movies so much. And I, I actually heard from Alex on his discord server that you did the jaws show. So that's kind of, yes, that's what you reminded me because they had said, you know, that, um, they had you guys on and they, you know, saw us all talking together. So, yeah, these two guys, you you know them, right? And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. I remember them talking that they were getting onto that commissioned episode. So that's so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, so be, being someone that doesn't really know how that works, so part of their shtick, because I didn't really ask them much about this, is they do their own show, mm-hmm. but then they also like have a separate like donatable commission, and if enough people pull in, they do an episode on what those people pick. Is that is that how it goes? Um, well, basically, they'll put they'll put the word out that they're doing commission. Just from my understanding. Uh, based off what I saw on their Discord server, they basically put the word out that they're going to be doing a season of commissioned shows, and they'll take suggestions of what those shows will be, and people will confront the money towards what those shows will be on the ones what, that the picks that they like the most. And originally, it was just going to be four shows of like different movies, and then someone suggested Chrono Trigger, and Alex had been very dead keen on finishing Chrono Trigger for the longest time. I mean, you'll, you'll hear more about this on the show, actually. But he talks in detail about his history with the game. And it was actually kind of eye-opening for me because I've played Chrono Trigger since I was nine. And so I kind of took for granted that not everybody had the same experience I did playing the game. Especially since my first time playing it, it was basically my brother's cop, Owen's copy of the game. Uh, but and he mostly bought it because it was made by some of the same people who made Dragon Quest. But anyway, um, <clears throat> long and um, basically, then like once, uh, but then someone suggested Chrono Trigger as a commission. He was and like I said, and he was like, "Okay, this is so important, and I'm really dead set on completing this that I'm going to up the price of the commission, nor usual commission price." That, so that we can do a show on this and anyone could and I actually fronted some of my money to do that too just to help with that stuff and he even mentioned that on the show and made a little joke about it now this doesn't mean you have to, you're, they're buying their way onto the show or that you can buy yourself onto the show they're just two enthusiastic individuals who just happen to help pay for the show you know <laughs> and, I, and, and, I, and I I appreciated that he made that qualification because I knew I, I had uh, that's how I was actually kind of worried being on the show and also helping to pay for the show that that's how some people would perceive it you know yes so i was appreciate so i was very grateful to alex that he put that he they put that 
caveat in there because I was because I mean I've been a fan of school of movies for ages. Right? I mean since Bob did the fan reaction show, really, you know that's how I first became acquainted with their their stuff, and it's just uh, so um, it was kind of and I've always wanted to be on one of their shows for a while, and what really solidified my love of watching it was like a few weeks a month i think it was a few weeks after they had done the fan reaction show they had done a show on ghostbusters and i was like okay i have to keep listening to these guys if they go into detail about stuff i love like this and i and never and i just i followed them on twitter and everything it was just a real joy but yeah and i'm hoping maybe i to get into a real movie discussion too with people them too especially when it comes to indiana jones and the last crusade because I've actually I want I want and I actually want to mention this on the, the that show too because um, there's I've discovered a correlation between uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like two big correlations actually. One is that you remember in Last Crusade how how Indy has to find the tomb of Sir Richard to yes. uh, further his quest to find the Holy Grail, well, and also to find his dad, obviously. Well. There's a Doctor Who serial from the 1960s with William Hartnell called The Crusades, where where Julian Glover, who plays one of the big bads in the uh, in Last Crusade, starred in, and his role in that serial was Sir King Richard the Lionhearted. <laughs> and here's the other correlation I found between Doctor Who recently is that a, over a decade later, uh, Julian Glover played another villain in a Tom Baker serial called City of Death, which was co-written by douglas adams who well script edited by douglas adams who wrote hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy because and um and uh he actually he kills one of his minions who failed him by aging him to death and his character (laughs) in last crusade ages to death by drinking from the false grail i love it at the risk of sounding like a conspiracy theorist i think i i I feel like those aren't coincidences really yes I, I I would say not. That that sounds. I don't know if I, it's a scripting thing or after the actor was chosen. I don't know, I, but that's I mean, that's I've, too much I mean, coincidence. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that Spielberg and Spielberg is a bit of a Hoovian. Uh, oh, I, he has to be. I, I have, uh, especially since I have seen some. I actually saw like a quote or something where he talked about how like like Doctor Who's presence on this planet is a good thing or something to that effect. So. At least it was something they talked. So now, I mean, I don't know if he was talking about the new series or the classic stuff, but regardless, there's got to be some correlation there. Now, granted, Julian Glover did say that he said one. He felt like one of the reasons he got the role in Last Crusade was because he played an imperial officer in Empire Strikes Back. But still, (laughs) it always amazes me the weird stuff that Steven Spielberg is actually into. That I always get surprised. He's yeah. obviously Tintin, giant fan, um, so much so that he made a movie that was destined to fail in the United States, but still put all of his time and love and effort into yeah. it. Have you seen his I, Tintin movie? I, I haven't yet. I really wanted to because Stephen Moffat wrote it. It is exactly. It is the spiritual successor. It if you for if depending on what you think about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I love regardless, it. Regardless, okay, good. You, I you love, like that. I love. Some I people love hate it. I know some people hate it, and I will die on this hill, but I think Crystal Skull was actually a better indie movie than most people give it credit for. And I've, so there's actually, I feel, a sixth indie movie in Tintin. Tintin is everything that's wonderful about Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
is all on full display. It's Spielberg working in a fully 3D environment, just doing stuff like Raiders and, of the Lost Ark again, and it's just wonderful. And from what I can tell from some of the trailers, with having Stephen Moffat's uh, wonderfully snappy uh, dialogue, yes. because he's he, yes. I just I I just love Moffat's writing. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, he has his faults here and there, and his tropes he relies on as writer, but what writer doesn't? But it's just it's his dialogue that really sparks for me. I mean, especially in this prelude he did for the 50th anniversary episode of Doctor Who, where it showed Paul McGann regenerating into John Hurt's War Doctor. And basically, and just hearing the lines he gave the Eighth Doctor, it's like I'm listening to a Big Finish audio with Paul McGann's Doctor brought to life because he knows instinctually exactly how Eight was the Eighth Doctor was written, and he kept that consistent from what was written in the audios. Like one of my favorite lines is like the guy, the Paul Paul's Doctor and the the this that person he's trying to rescue or trying to are going to the back of the ship and he's like and she's like where are we going and she's like to the back of the ship and she's like why because the front crashes first think it through and i'm like (laughs) and i'm just like that is such an eight line you've been listening to your big finish mr moffat um and granted he has because he the doctor that doctor name dropped all his companions in the audios before sipping the thing and regenerating but still it was just like awesome uh, and then, the, and then, and then, uh, when the lady, uh, this other lady's telling her, you got four minutes to live, and she's like, he's like, four minutes? That's ages. What if I get bored? Anyone for chess? Bring me knitting. I'm like, that is so eighth doctor. That is so eighth doctor. What the hell? And one of my favorite things about that is that after that little thing broke uh, on YouTube on Paul McGann's birthday, by some awesome coincidence, Big Finish decided to put all their eighth doctor audio dramas on sale to celebrate that. And I, and, I actually, and I took advantage of that by getting a few of those because I just I love the Eighth Doctor so much. He's, but I'm gushing about Doctor Who again. Uh, I'm making it. Dude, a that's tr- okay. I I <laughs> love it. I love it because I know so little about it that yeah. hearing someone be so enthusiastic makes yeah. me like just want to consume it. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? You you might have. Uh, I mean, I may. I mean. Unless you want to get into the audios, I i mean, I, I mean, if you want to, that's fine. But if you want to stick with the TV show, that's fine, too. But I will warn you, the audios at this point, even, and this is even discounting the new the stuff they've been doing with the new series doctors lately. Uh, the sheer amount of volume of stuff they've made with the classic doctors has pretty much eclipsed what the classic series has done on TV. So good luck. <laughs> that's all I can yeah. say. And I've got, and I've bought most of it, and I've bought I, most I, of what I wanted on it anyway. But still, man, just oh god, I've been, <laughs> it's been, it's been quite. I mean, I've been actually recently trying to fill in some gaps in my collection of this one range called the Companion Chronicles, where it's basically like it takes some of the old classic companions, like from like the first Doctor's era onwards and using the, some of the same actors and basically using a framing device of like these, of these characters looking back on past adventures with the doctor and, and it's like narrated audio stories, but also with another actor there just to kind of have another voice as like playing like a key ro- key character in the story, you know? And nice. it's, it's, it's a very interesting framing device. Well, I say interesting. Alex is going to, uh, Shaw is going to, get on me for that but it's a it's a very flexible framing device let's put it that way because it can be convey there's so many potential in that kind of 
framing device as well. Like there's one second doctor story they did where there was some weird kind of temporal shifting happening or something around like, like then contemporary England. And one of the doctor's companions knew what was going on because it was this after effect from a past adventure that they had, uh, that they, he, she had as the first doctor. She, she had the pull of like the framing device was her holding a press conference to a uh, conference to assure the public that all these ripple weird things that have been happening are perfectly fine. They're, they're a residual effect from this adventure she had. And she regales them with the story, you know, and, and it's, it's a, it, I mean, I mean, it's just a, a, of what happened, and 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 that the ripple effects will will affect uh, will only, will only last like a day or two. So, like or after after the uh, so don't panic, you know that kind of thing. And it was actually, and there's some, and there's even some really one of my favorite framing devices they did is the there's this one companion of the second doctor's named Zoe Harriet who was like this com computer genius which is really progressive for the 60s by the way uh, um yeah. and, and she was like a teen prodigy and after she stopped she stopped traveling with the doctor because the doctor the, uh, she and the the doctor, his other companion at the time, Jamie McCrimmon and her, were all traveling together at the time. They got caught by the Time Lords, and the Time Lords basically effectively wiped their mem wiped their memories and sent them back to their own time periods, except for the adventures, the memories of their first adventure with the Doctor. And and uh, so basically, it was like they were under the impression that they had this one adventure with the Doctor, and they left, and then the Doctor went on his way, you know that and. You know, and then the doctor was forced into regenerating and exiled to Earth for an indeterminate amount of time until the until the Time Lords could know what to do with him. You know, but so that was when we did all that. They did all that third stuff. So, but they what I like about Big Finish is they explore the fallout of those missing memories because the memory wiping wasn't fully effective, I guess, because the framing device of some of these companion chronicles with Zoe are her basically relaying dreams she's been having of adventures she had with the doctor, but she doesn't remember having these adventures and she's talking about them in like a kind of therapy situation. And then it's kind of becomes incredibly clear in the background of these stories that the people, people she works for are getting increasingly intrigued by some of the fantastical stories she's been telling. So they tried to almost set a trap for the doctor to, so they can try to get access to his time travel, you know, the TARDIS tech, so you can get access to time travel tech. Only it all goes to hell <laughs> at the end of it. But of and, that was the, and that was the end of the story arc. But And she managed to survive by the skin of her teeth. But still, but and the doctor got uh, managed to rescue her, but not probably not realizing that it was realizing that you know it was because it was from her because it was from his perspective he hadn't really uh, I think he he hadn't really fully met Zoe yet I think I don't know it was some weird timey wimey thing but still it was pretty it was pretty. It was pretty nice story arc that was going on through these stories, and I, I kind of listened to uh, they they happened over the course of several years, but I, I I got into them pretty late, so I started I bought them and listened to them in order, and it was really awesome to hear that unfold gradually unfold. So yeah, <laughs> so and it, it's just I love that even in those kind of things, there's little mini story arcs they were like expanding on stuff that was just kind of like oh we're just going to wipe their memory and eh, whatever you know they're gone, and that they expand on that and actually play it for real 
drama, I guess. And that's what I love about Big Finish is they take even the most minuscule plot points and they'll expand on it. And they've even been doing that with their Torchwood, uh, the Torchwood audios they've been doing, which is a spinoff of Doctor Who. Like, like, uh, like, uh, like apparently just re- like there's a throwaway line in the very first episode of Torchwood where that Captain Jack uh, basically implies that he got pregnant at one point and he just kind of was like never doing that again. And that's it. You know, it's become a riddle <laughs> for the ages and the friend, uh, the fan base like is like, OK, what happened here? And now fast forward to now and Big Finish has decided you know what? We're not going to explore what happened in that point, but we're going to see show what happens. We're going to see what happens if Jack has to do it again. <laughs> you know, just and I'm just like, okay, you guys are batshit insane, and I'm so there for it. <laughs> I so, love that kind of stuff. It's 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 kind of fucked up, but it's the best kind of fucked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, um, yeah. What I was going to say is uh, a minute ago you mentioned um you know, doing your first impressions videos and you talked about that game. My, uh, I was turned on to a game that's really frustrating. It's a, it's another small game. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called get, it's called get over it or getting over it. Have you heard about this? I've heard about this. I don't know if I really want to play it from what I'm hearing. Though. It is the most frustrating yet gratifyingly strange puzzle game. I've ever, if you could even call it a puzzle game. That I've ever played, and I love it. Let me, let me see if I can. Yeah, I think I've heard about this because it showed up on my Steam Discovery queue at one point, and I was like, "Yes." And I'm just like, eh, I don't know. And then, and then I saw some of my friends were playing it, and I'm like, "Okay, what the hell are you guys doing?" And yeah, then, so, I, so for the people listening that don't know, while you're looking it up, you play as a guy who I believe has a name. I don't know if the name it's it's like getting over it with somebody like Bobby yeah, Flynn. I, or something. I just I just found it getting over it with Bennett Foddy. Bennett Foddy and Bennett Foddy. I don't know if Bennett Foddy is the voice that gives you crap while you're playing it and like has funny quips, or if it's the guy who comes out of the cauldron without a shirt on, probably completely naked, holding some sort of weird climbing hammer, and you basically like a- have to ro- rotate said climbing hammer to fling yourself over structures, which is called getting over it. And the physics engine in this thing is you just have to build up momentum and keep yourself yeah. flying over these obstacles. And I, yeah. I love it. It's, uh, it's, it's seven ninety nine. Maybe I might snatch it up. If the steam winter sale was good enough this year, it makes me want to break things. Mm. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm actually looking. I'm actually yes. looking at the user-defined tags for this product, and the four I can see so far are difficult, psychological horror, physics, and funny. It's yes. not often I see psychological horror and fi- funny in the same category here, but it's it's, it's insane. And, and, and in fact, I, I have in fact it, it's and I'm looking at the is this game relevant to you thing, and it says similar to two games you've played, and those two games are I Am Bread and Celeste. <laughs> Of all things, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, I actually, I really, I love Celeste. I, I have it on Steam, but I bought it on the Switch, my Switch recently, and I just, I bet, I, it's such a great game. It's hard as hell, it really but is. I love it. 
And I'm glad I did a video of it because one one of my best one of my, I got some of my best friends who really love Celeste to co-commentate with me on my first impressions video of it, and we just basically kind of just had fun just talking a bit while we while I was playing. It was almost akin to doing a podcast, really. And it, actually, I was I told them it would only take about a half hour or so, and I was just going to end the video after that. And after I, about a half hour, I'm like, maybe I should wrap things up. And like, no, no, keep going. Finish World One, then you can wrap it up. And it came out to be about. 45 minutes <laughs> but, so. but so yeah i and and i even and you know it's just it, it's like a friend some friends of mine in another server that i've known for a while we used to be in a skype group for a while and it's and we still and uh until they decided to migrate over to discord and i was kind of slow going to discord so i kind of kind of lost touch with them for a while and but after but i've since been doing better about it so just to kind of catch up when i can so and it's it's but they, it, but still i think that that was probably one of the most rewarding one, first impressions videos i'd done in a while because i just did, got to bounce off some people while i was literally bouncing off some digital walls <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed recording those let's plays with you so i'm game to yeah. come back on anytime yeah. that was so much fun yeah, it was a well. Yeah, well, I mean, I've got some other projects lined up. I, I, I don't. I, I mean, like, I'm trying, like, I'm trying to think. What, well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm planning on taking my Pokemon Yellow Let's Play out of hiatus soon. So hopefully, sometime I can get that. Yeah, once I get that done, one of my friends is telling me once I get to Silphco on that game, then he wants to co-commentate there for some reason. He says that's like his favorite game, part of the Gen One games for some reason. So nice. And I'm like, yeah, what the hell? Why not? So, I I just I haven't gotten to that point yet because I'm not because uh, I just haven't st I haven't recorded anything on that game in ages. <laughs> I just gotta get in that right headspace for it though. Yeah. So, heck, heck, I'm like I've got like two like videos recorded of uh, Redux videos of uh, Warrior Land, my Warrior Land Two project uh, Let's Play actually, but I haven't recorded the third and final one yet because the person I want to have record with me hasn't been available in a while, and I'm kind of waiting on them. So it's been a slow process, but hopefully after I get these Redux videos done, then I can kind of get Pokemon Yellow out up and running again. So, so it's been. But I mean, it's really. But also, it's just been really fun to just do let's play stuff now and then, uh, first impressions video every now every week, just to kind of at least keep the creativity from getting stagnant. Right, you keep the momentum, as it were, like yeah. like you were stuck in a cauldron, having exactly. to hammer to fling yourself uphill. Exactly, uphill both ways and five feet of snow. But uh, yeah. <sighs> So what are um, we've like you said at the beginning of this? We've got the rise of Skywalker. Oh yeah, coming in two days. Oh my god, yeah. two days. I I, I, have, I I still can't believe they brought Palpatine back. Honestly, spoilers, yeah. but I can't believe they brought him back. Honestly, I mean, I love that they brought him back because I love being McDermott. He's a wonderful actor, but it's just the uh, but it's just the like how uh, how i mean and plus he went down that reactor shaft and he's still in return of the jedi and he's still well enough to laugh maniacally and evilly yeah i have okay. no idea what to think i mean uh, just uh, to quote goofy something wrong here um, yeah. but but you know at the same time i'm like uh, i mean i'm um, still on board for this because i loved last jedi i loved force awakens how i love all the star wars stuff but it's just that 
how? Uh, how are they bringing Palpatine back to fit into this crazy sequel trilogy that's been come really controversial? Yeah, it just seems like I, I'm really excited about it, and even I, I, I'm excited watching, and I'm also apprehensive. But I watch all the trailers for it, and I go, "How are they like?" I'm watching trailers that came out early and I go, I see new characters. How do they have time for new characters? Exactly. Like, you have one movie they have left. Land, they have Lando. They brought him back and he's like, and the actor's like 80 something. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, one thing that freaked me out though, is a clip that I saw on YouTube of uh, Kylo Ren, uh, you know, going down into this, like, like almost like, like this cold facility thing and stuff. And he's and he then you hear like Palpatine's voice like I uh, I am every vo- uh, you know, like I am here right? and then you hear like Snoke's voice uh, and then like, you hear like, Vader yeah head and I'm like what the fuck is going on here and then I also started to wonder uh, started to develop a theory that maybe Palpatine's return isn't really a return so of actual return to corporeal form. It's maybe maybe Kylo Ren's having a psychological break or something. But uh, but yeah. I don't. But I don't know. I really don't. I mean, granted, he probably has already been kind of unhinged anyway since well, what happened and what he you know killed Han and the. Force Awakens, but still, it's just like uh, spoilers. By the way, for those who haven't seen yes. it, but then again, it's a it's like a four year old movie, so whatever. But it's still, it's just like. It, I, I, but at the same time, there's a part of me that all a big fanish part of me that kind of wants actually uh, Palpatine to come back and assume physical form, kind of like Lord Voldemort. I don't know. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm just like, where I'm just totally fanish about, like, I wish they'd do this and stuff, and I realize I'm totally shallow making these kind of things, but I don't make, I try not to make too, be too demanding about it. Like, you know. Right. I mean, like although I, I was robbed because you didn't do this thing I wanted you to do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, there was one time I saw, uh, like, the example, like, when Stephen Moffat was still on Twitter before he decided to close out his account because I, I think he decided it was better to just focus on being showrunner of Doctor Who and not trolling the fans on Twitter in between seasons. Uh, which, you know, I actually didn't mind the trolling. I thought it was cool that he was having a sense of humor about it. But there was one time I saw, an, I heard an interview with Matt Smith where he talked about how he was kind of scared of spiders and i just as soon as i heard that i kind of quickly sent an email and i know that moffat kind of likes to troll his actors a little bit to some extent too so i kind of sent a quick little tweet to Stephen moffat saying yeah i just found out matt smith likes spiders could you bring back the eight legs which are uh, for <laughs> doctor who now and the eight legs for those who don't know are a crea- a, a classic series monster for, that made their debut in Don Pertwee's Swan Song Planet of the Spiders and they're basically giant spiders who have psychic powers. Yeah, that's not terrifying. Yeah. And with the bu- <laughs> I actually saw that episode too and for the budget they had back then it's actually pretty impressive that they made those spiders really terrifying. In fact, really. Ter- in fact, there's one point where a spider actually latches onto the back of the doctor's companion in that story and to take them over psychically, almost like a parasite kind of thing. And it is kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. And for 1970s sci-fi, it's actually worked pretty well. I thought in terms of atmosphere, it was pretty good. And also, although they've although they, 
though I didn't get my wish to see Matt Smith face off against them, they did make an offhand reference to that story with like this one, like the, because the reason these creatures, these spiders had evolved to such big size and had psychic powers is because they were exposed to these blue crystals that were on this planet that they had crashed landed on, and they were on they were a part of this like space freighter that crashed on this planet. And they uh, uh, and, uh, and they were exposed to the radiation the crystals were exuding, and that's how they became the eight legs. In fact, they hate ah. called, they actually hate being called spiders because they consider it an insult. They are like we are the eight legs, you know. They we they insist on that. So, but they're very they're I I I mean I I actually kind of hoped that when they when Jody Wicker's first season when they had an episode called Arachnids in the UK that even though Chris Chibnall said that the the show current showrunner said that there would be no classic monsters returning that that the eight legs would be at least referenced in some capacity in that story but uh didn't get my wish but whatever I'm still enjoying Jody she's great so yes very much so oh yeah She's so she's so plucky, but not annoyingly so, and I love that. So, but uh, yeah. In fact, I was talking to actually um, Ulrich and Axel about that uh, too, like regarding the Thirteenth Doctor and the My Geeks with Shields episode, and it was just <laughs> I say that like it's mine, mine. No, uh, but you know, it's just, but you know, but still, it's just it was. It was a lot of fun, and I'd love to do an, Like I said, I would love to do another Geeks with Shield sometime on other stuff if they, you know, if they have other topics that they want to broach. So, and they're a blast to talk to. They're they're really good guys, really good guys. Yeah, I I even like as soon as the episode dropped, I posted a link on my Facebook and like like hey, I was on this thing and I talked Doctor Who. <laughs> you know? And of course, one of my friends likes to kid me. She was like, "You are a dork." I'm like, "I know." <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And fa- in fact, it's, I'm actually really happy for that friend because, um, I mean, I attended their wedding this past May and now like, like, like they're, she's about like four months expecting their first. So I'm really happy. Yeah. For and it's, oh, it's that's awesome. Quite a turnaround, actually. A turnaround there. And, uh, and she's insisting I come to the uh, gender reveal party so that I'm looking forward to that. And she's, and because my, and my, and I, I, and you know, she said, I, I told her I, my mom makes like baby blankets for people who are expecting. And I said, well, are you going to find out the gender and keep it a surprise? Or are you going to wait to reveal it to everybody? Like, what should I do regarding the whole blanket thing? And she's like, bring a blanket that she's brought, made for a boy and bring one for a girl and we'll use the blanket for, to reveal the gender. And I'm like, okay. And then I can take the other one home. Got it. <laughs> so that's really cool. Yeah, because my yeah, that's one of my things my mom likes to do is she <clears throat> excuse me. She crochets blankets for people who are expecting and I've shared quite a few of them with some of my coworkers who've expected uh, kids like like this one lady named Brandy who's like a cashier at the store I work at. And uh, she was expecting her second, who was, which was a little baby girl. And she's on maternity leave now because she delivered like not long before Thanksgiving, actually. Um, but um, but uh, I but I gave her but you know, I gave her a blanket and she just thought it was so wonderful. And then uh, one of my other coworkers who works in the deli, she was expecting her second a baby boy like earlier in the year. And that's all I gave her a blanket. And she was like, I love it. Oh, it's wonderful. And. You know, and best part of it is she, my mom uses the yarn that basically you can put in like cold water wash and it'll be fine. So, yep. 
So you don't have to worry. So she doesn't, they don't have to worry about like dry cleaning it or whatever. So they can just put in the washer. It's nice and clean. Put it in the dryer it's, and you're good. So, but yeah. Awesome, dude. Yeah. I, I love that my mom does this. In fact, when, in fact, her, her, her blankets have become so beloved that basically whenever there's a christening at our church, we, she has to bring a blanket for it because, you know, because it's become part of the ceremony now. It's, it's wonderful. Like, you know, wrapping the kid up in the blanket and everything and carrying them on and, and the parents get to keep the blanket. So keep the kid nice and warm. So, yeah, it's, it's great. That's so. awesome, man. I love that my mom is so, and she and she crochets them while watching hockey games. So, because my mom's a big hockey fan, so she feels like in her mind, if she crochets during a hockey game, she's bringing our local team luck. So, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, okay, fair enough, mom. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch a lot of sports. I'll pop my head in from time to time to see if we're winning. If she's watching a hockey game when I'm on my one of my days off, and I'm just like, oh, we're winning, cool, and then go back to what I'm doing. But still, <laughs> I mean, I used to watch a lot of hockey when I was in high school, but I kind of fell out of it after that. I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I just, as more geeky stuff has grabbed, permeated my brain. But I mean, it's oh, yeah, like, of course. I mean, I don't hate sports by any stretch. It's just some of the culture surrounding sports I dislike, like some of the football people just being all, you know, yep. just, but, but, you know. It, I, I'm not trying to be like, uh, like you know, just be like, you know, I like sport. I don't like sports. And I'm a nerd. You know, I'm not one of those people. I just, I, I like some sports. It's just the culture surrounding the sports that turns me off. Right. Just exactly. like, just, just like some of the toxic nature of some of the fan bases of the, that I belong to are turning me off, and it's really annoying. Yep. <laughs> like the whole "not my doctor" hashtag on Twitter. You know, it's like, come on, guys, you're just. Please just get over it. The doctor's a woman. They'll she'll change again. It's part of the show. Deal. Yeah. Just enjoy if you don't want to, if you don't want to watch, that's fine. Just pick up when there's a new doctor. <laughs> that's the beauty of the show. You can pick uh, you can stop watching at any time and then pick up again when there's someone else there. Uh, someone else there, you know. Exactly. You know? I mean, although part of me is kind of hoping that if Chris Chibnall stays on to have Jodie Whittaker regenerate into another doctor, that the next doctor will be a person of color. Just to see yeah. how people respond to that. <laughs> oh, I think they'll respond perfectly reasonable like adults. Yeah, <clears throat> especially especially considering that, you know, I actually saw it's like some the news broke that Jodie was playing the uh the the 13th doctor some people were even going so far as to say that the re reaction was so overblown that some people were almost like you know i'm actually i was kind of actually hoping that there would be a person of color playing the doctor instead just to, instead of a, just a woman you know you know just you know just just because they feel like that kind of reaction would be understated by comparison to the reaction that jody got but i don't know i disagree but i i would have been happy regardless because i keep watching this show because i just love how it in, reinvents itself and how flexible it is you know and just how it's not constrained by the television medium it can be in novels it can be in audiobooks it can be anything hell right, comics exactly. even and that that's and i don't even know if the creative team who create uh, the people who created the show back in the 60s really realized how flexible it was until they saw how long it was lasting i mean heck one of the the first one of the first producers on the show a woman by the name of verity lambert and uh didn't uh, passed away like two years into the show coming back uh in 2000 uh, two, uh, uh, coming back courtesy of russell t davies 
And she probably came back. She lived long enough to see her show being reborn for a modern audience, a more modern audience, and probably enjoyed the fact that it's lasted as long as it has. So, right. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's unreal. On, anyway, it sorry. is unreal. No, I was going to say on, on that note, um, you know, I'm recording this during the day on my lunch break and I want to get you to work. So I think yeah. uh, we should wrap. And I'd love to have you on again because I have a blast. Oh, yeah, you But yeah, as I said before, we even started, uh, I've, I've been getting uh, doing some podcasting lately and I've been getting a buzz on it that I haven't felt since I started Let's Playing. And I think that's a good thing because it might it's... actually help me with my creativity a bit in terms of doing my Let's Plays because I kind of need that extra motivation now and then. No, it's true. It's very addictive. And I was going to say, do you have anything you want to leave the people with or promote anything before uh, uh, we sign just uh, just check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash golden tales geek. I, I, I'm like I said, I'm planning on bringing Pokemon yellow back soon. It's just a question of when I get that last, those last few redux videos done and up for all of them, everyone to see. And also unlisting the old ones because well, reasons and, uh, yeah. And bringing Pokemon, uh, just, and look, I, and failing that just, check out my channel every Saturday for a new first impressions video of an indie game because you know, uh, an indie game that's on my steam back. I've actually got several games lined up. I want to do videos of that. I have in a special little section of my steam account just to, so I can be like, okay, this is the next game. This is the next game. That way I'm a little more organized on that front, but so I'm just, and I've got some really pretty cool games lined up for next year so to do for first impressions videos to bring bring in the new 2020 so so stay tuned folks <laughs> awesome dude and uh thank you so much and thank you everybody out there thank you kevin for shooting this shit with chippa this My is pleasure. the last one of the last episodes i'm recording in a world before the rise of skywalker comes out so we'll see how Indeed. that goes everybody Indeed. have a good day Take care, folks.